Welcome to Kramer Says. Kramer Says. Be part of the show at KramerSays.com. Interact on Twitter at KramerSez. Now, Kramer Says. And welcome to the show. My name is Kramer. You're listening to the Kramer Says Podcast. And today, our special guest is um, Paul Chesser. Paul Chesser is with the NLPC. He is the director of the Corporate Integrity Project. So with that being said, Paul, what is the NLPC and what is the Corporate Integrity Project? Thanks for having me, Kramer. Uh, NLPC stands for National Legal and Policy Center. It was established in 1991. And our focus is... uh, government and public ethics uh, uh, group uh, through research, investigation, uh, education and legal action. We're a very small organization. We have our government focused arm and uh, that's run by a guy named Tom Anderson and he's my counterpart. I'm the, I'm the head of the corporate integrity project. Tom uh, has done a lot of great work digging up, uh, you know, corruption and and ethics issues with regard to many Congress members over the years. Uh, He's dug up a lot of the Black Lives Matter scandal stuff where they were using all the hundreds or tens of millions of dollars that they raised to to buy uh, to buy mansions and so forth and just misuse of those funds. So he's he's dug up a lot of that. That's the kind of thing we do on the government side. I do more of the government or the corporate focused stuff where uh, we own stock in a number of companies, um, major corporations that your, your listeners have, have heard of, that uh, we, we show up at meetings, at the annual meetings. We bring resolutions. We, we try to call uh, these companies to account on various issues um, with regard to uh, uh, what, what lately has been their progressive uh, leanings and and moving in that direction and uh you know as far as we can get into the bigger picture thing uh, aspect of it but uh well let, let's do that let me ask you so when you say that you're an activist in this this realm what does that mean and what's that process how do you do that well uh so we own stock okay there are sec securities exchange commission rules that you have to own a certain amount of stock and have held it for a certain length of time that gives you the right to to uh introduce a resolution as a shareholder to uh address the annual meeting and ask the shareholders to support your resolution uh the left has done this uh very effectively you know, going back many, many years, uh, especially with regard to the climate change issue, uh, getting co- companies to, you know, basically uh, implement environmental strategies and, you know, dr- try to shift away from the use of fossil fuels and, right. and so forth. That's that's kind of their, 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 their big thing that they've accomplished. But they also have gone after diversity issues and uh, race issues and uh, and those kinds of things. Meanwhile, the conservatives, for the most part, with the exception of one group that's an, an ally of ours, has has been on the sidelines and they just kind of let the left run through it through this this particular institution. You know, the left is overrun it, public education, higher education, uh, you know, entertainment, media. And uh, so the corporate boardroom is is one where, you know, the conservatives have largely been asleep. Uh, 
So going back to what we do and our, our, our specific role in it is that we've, we've been, uh, we've owned stock and our president, Peter Flaherty has uh, done some of this over the years. It's not like we're new to it, right? but, but uh, he just hasn't had the bandwidth because he's the president of, of our organization. He's <laughs> right. had to run the organization. He doesn't have time to, you know, do shareholder resolutions. So, you know, having you know with with the recent uh issues of you know companies like coca-cola and delta weighing in on the georgia election law and companies you know getting enlisted by leftist groups to to back the lgbt agenda uh abortion law uh you know pushing back against the uh, pro-life laws in georgia and texas um our president, Peter, our, our president had saw just a greater appetite and a greater passion to uh, expand this role, this uh, project that we've always had. And so I've been with the organization a double, uh, about a dozen years. I had just been more of a writer and contributor to our blog and, and that kind of thing, investigating some stuff. And he wanted to be hire an, uh, an additional uh, uh, full-fledged shareholder activist. We do call it shareholder activism. And so that's what I've done. I've shifted into that role. I was brought on full-time. And uh, so the, we just completed our first, what they call proxy season, because largely these companies' shareholder meetings are held in the spring. Okay. So walk me through that process. You, you, Pick a company, you buy their stock, you hold it long enough to be yeah. active in this resolution yeah. process. Right. What is that and what type of resolutions are you putting forward to be considered? Okay, well, like I said, we've owned stock for a long time. So he's had the ability to, Peter has had the ability to to bring resolutions. He just hasn't had the time or the, or the, the resources. Now that I'm on board, <laughs> we went... We went crazy. <laughs> we, we we had uh, enough stock in about two dozen companies. You know, he he sent me our our shareholder uh, report. This is what we own. This is what we own enough of. And so I'm looking down, and all these deadlines were in in November and December. So you know, the holidays were really busy for me <laughs> because we had to get the debt get them in before the deadline to be right eligible for the shareholder meeting so we had wells fargo bank of america coca-cola mcdonald's you know we can talk about different all the big tech companies we can talk about the individual companies as you want but um you know we had over over two dozen resolutions we brought okay well let's talk let's start with coca-cola what's the resolution there what are they doing that you want to either stop or change or modify well we I need to explain the process a little more. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Jump in. Because uh, it's, the, you know, to the outsider, if they just look at our resolution, they'll think, oh, this is kind of mundane. It, it's things like uh, we, because there's rules, you can't right. tell a company, like under the SEC rules, you can't tell a company to stop using a certain resource or to stop, you know, doing business with China or whatever. Uh, because it's considered day-to-day -day business. You can't tell a company that. But you can ask for a report, or you can ask them to, uh, to um, pro provide meaningful information to shareholders about their activities that don't have to do with day-to-day -day business necessarily. Or, or 
address governance issues. So, so with Coca-Cola, for example, we, and this, we did this in resolution with a, you know, a handful of other companies, we called upon them to separate the role of the chairman and CEO. So it should, the, those two roles should not be held by the same person. I see. And I can get into the details on that. Some of the other ones were, most of the, our resolutions were either that they were disclosure lobbying contributions. So in other words, who are you giving your money, your political contributions to? What what uh, causes are you lobbying for? Be transparent about it because companies hate that. Right. They're a public company. They want to be a public company. They want all the benefits of being a public company. They don't want the transparency, just like government people right. don't want transparency. Uh, and, and, and similarly, we ask for them to disclose their charitable contribution. So who, what charities are you giving to? Are you supporting BLM? Are you supporting pro-life causes? Are, you know, tell us what you're supporting, itemize it. And, and the way I, you know, those kinds of things, lobbying and, and, and charitable things, I kind of try to shame the CEOs and the boards and say, look, you've got this on a spreadsheet somewhere at your right. headquarters, copy, paste, put it on Done. a web page. It's that <laughs> easy. And their arguments are always, um, you know, this is too, this is not the best use of our resources. And it's like, it's going to cost them millions of dollars to create something like that. And it's like, no, just, you know, you've got the, if the right. CEO wanted that information on his desk in, in half an hour, he would have it. Exactly. So just paste it on your web on a web page on your site, so so shareholders and people who are interested in your company can can uh, can look it up. So anyway, those are the, were our three main uh, resolutions: chair split the chair CEO, lobbying disclosure, and charitable disclosure. Now, all that does is set the stage for us to be able to show up at the annual shareholder meeting. And you get anywhere from two to five minutes to make the case, argue the case. And what 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 the benefit of that is, and this is what really we're after, is you have a captive audience. The directors right. have to be there and listen to you. The CEO has to be there and listen to you. And all the top executives are there and listening. And do to they you. have to do you have to stick with that subject matter when you're discussing this or can you talk about anything then? Well, because. Uh, because we use those resolutions, and, and I, I, again, this is my first year doing these these things, the, showing up at these meetings, and they're all by call in there because they're still doing the whole COVID right. paranoia. They're trying thing. to stretch it out as long as they can. <laughs> yeah, it used to be that you uh, would go to the meeting and you'd get up at a, at a podium and with a microphone and address them in person wherever they hold their meeting. A few companies re reinitiated that, like Goldman Sachs and. Warren Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway, but uh, most of them are still doing it <clears throat> virtually, but we can talk anywhere from two to five minutes. And because, you know, it chair split the chair CEO is such a broad issue or charitable contributions or lobbying country, you can, you can just say, look, or you can look at I, what I did was whenever a meeting was coming up, I would go and look at what the company was involved in. Like if they were, if they literally gave money to the BLM, right? because there's different permutations of BLM, but if they gave it to the big corrupt BLM company, like Jeff Bezos right. and Amazon, they gave right. to BLM literally. And, uh, and, and I went back and said, okay, Jeff Bezos, 
he had he had told a, a, a shareholder way back when who had challenged him, you know, all uh, the shareholder had said all lives matter. And he said, well, you know, this is a different thing. And, you know, this is at, right at the height of the George Floyd riots. He's saying, you know, you're not going to change my mind. This will this will not you know, BLM is an important cause. Blacks are treated differently, uh, with, you know, in in the way uh, police treat them and so forth. And, you know, whether that's however legitimate that is, is, you know, is up for debate. debate. But, but, you know, he, he, he was definitely affirming we're giving to the g- giant BLM organization. Right. Well, you know, a lot of us on the right saw, saw it for what it was. We just saw it was, you know, a lot of thugs, you know, burning cities down and, uh, you know, just these race hustlers that were similar to like Al Sharpton has been yep. in the past trying to. And, and uh, Al's, Al's probably upset that he didn't think about it first. Yeah. Yeah. He's upset least, that he didn't uh, get to this, to this trough first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he was he, obviously he was tame by comparison in his heyday. Yep. before he became an MSNBC celebrity. But, uh, you know, so they elicited these tens of millions of dollars of contributions. And, you know, lo and behold, two years later, we discover that, you know, they're using it to, you know, Patrice Coolers who founded at BLM and, and the others were buying mansions and, 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 and enriching themselves and their family members. So we come back to, I come back to Jeff Bezos at the Amazon meeting this year and I say, well, look, you said this a couple of years ago and your mind isn't changed. Well, you know what Amazon did? They have a, a program called the Amazon Smile Program where you can you can order your stuff from Amazon and a percentage of it goes to a charity of your choice. And BLM really? was included in that. So but when all this stuff was coming out about Amazon or about BLM buying mansions and wasting those funds, they they removed them from the Amazon really? Smile Program. Did not yeah. know that. So I said well, I thought you weren't going to change your mind, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, you're a you're I don't know if he's Harvard. He's an Ivy League educated guy. How were you? How can you be so smart yet you were so stupid to buy into this BLM uh, scam? And that I only had two minutes to get that out, but I used it. Let me tell you. And uh, so that's the kind of we. But that shareholder resolution was, hey, Amazon, disclose your charitable contributions. Well, all I did was I just hammered that one charitable contribution. That's what you're saying. So, so yeah. you can go in, you can use that, you can use that two to five minutes right. to talk about your subject, but you can also include anything else in that argument that you want, any of their yeah, activities I mean, or anything else that they've done that you can bring back in. Correct. Right. Yeah, because you know the left has used these kind of resolutions. We we chose those because they're broad and they're tried and true. You know. Uh, the whole process is if you introduce a, a resolution, a shareholder resolution, and it's more narrowly tailored and too uh, sp- specific, a company can go to the SEC and say, we're going to exclude this from our proxy and we don't have to entertain it at the uh, shareholder meeting. So there's a right. danger in getting too cute with them. Right. And so we wanted to be safe and go with these broad focus that have been used in the past and, and brought in. And so we, were, we weren't really – the companies didn't resist our our shareholder resolutions because they knew that the SEC wasn't going to let them get away with t- keeping them out of the meeting. So, so it was really b- worked out beautifully. We 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 had maybe two or three resolutions that didn't make the cut that were on other topics, but 
but we just went in, got the got them on the docket, and then I could just go in and research, you know, what the different companies were doing. So now, you know, you we started out talking about Coca Cola. Coca Cola was a, the resolution was to separate the chairman and CEO. His name is James Quincy. And, uh, and and what's the reasoning for doing doing that? Is is it to separate power? Yeah, it's s- similar to what what uh, you know. You think of your own our own federal government separation of powers. Uh, you know, you've got the Supreme Court or the courts watchdogging the executive branch, and the and and the executive branch uh, is uh, you know they appoint the Supreme Court, and right. and you know they're all they're all accountable to each other in some way. Well, you know, splitting the chairman and CEO really get in infuses a lot of power with that one person that one man or woman who leads uh leads the company and uh when your your purpose of your board of directors is to have an outside set of eyes to say you know hey i'm looking at this as an outsider this you're drifting into a a problem area here or whatever you want you want a different set of eyes uh and and that chairman to have some some uh amount of powers to to try to rein in or, or to lead the board into reining in the CEO if he he or she starts to drift in their in their you know view and most of these boards are CEOs of other companies or they're right. top level executives of other companies so they they're all intertwined yeah theoretically they should you know know what what the deal is and what to be careful of and to, you know, the interest is their interest is to retain shareholder value. So with Coca-Cola, James Quincy had weighed in on on the Georgia election law, for example. And uh, and uh, and he was he, he but because they're based in Atlanta, um, you know, that he had he carried a lot more weight in in weighing in on that. And he was just capitulating to, you know, the left activists who were, you know, who were resisting the law, who didn't want election integrity in, in Georgia. So, well, and that's the issue, right? I mean, these corporations have come in, they were given, they were given the rights by the Supreme court to be a person. Right. Um, and I can't remember, was it people, uh, what was it called? The, um, what was that case that the left is, they always go crazy over it. We've got to get money out of politics. We've got to get money out of politics as they pour billions in. Was it citizens United or citizens United? That's it. That Citizens United case made corporations a person um, in the eyes of the law. Right. And now these people are acting like people, and these corporations are instituting policies that don't just affect directly their, their, their shareholders or their employees. They're now affecting the general public. Is that something that you guys are getting into and trying to air? I mean, one of these examples is the wokeism that we're seeing from Coca-Cola and other large corporations. Is that something you're trying to end, or is that something you're just trying to reveal? Well, we're trying to reveal it. Uh, there has been, like I said, when we got, when we decided to uh, in strengthen our corporate integrity project, because you know we weren't didn't have a lot going on. We Peter before COVID might do one or two resolutions a year because that's all he had time for, but he had all these shares to be able to do it. And how many uh, did, you, did you do this last season? You said thirteen. I we did like. 26 27 of them so you've increased it quite a bit <laughs> well here's here's what happened harvard did did does research on this every year and so they you know it, it was in a part of a larger report they said 
you know, there's a we have a counterpart. We, they're friends of ours, National Center for Public Policy Research. They've consistently done many of them over the years. So they're the, like the lone conservatives that have shown up every year with with these big companies. Um, so by virtue of us showing up and actually bringing resolutions with the with the companies that we owned, we doubled the conservative presence from what NCPPR was doing by bringing our own 20 something resolution. So it went something like 26 to 52, 53 just this year. And as a result, the media took notice. We had a a front page article in the USA Today, Politico covered us. Uh, We had one or two other big stories. Fox Business covered us. Laura Ingraham, Laura Ingraham on Fox News uh, brought me up literally in my, our resolution before Disney. So um so it it's it, they've really taken notice and we know that there are, are we have friends in on the conservative side of, of things that will be joining us next year they've told us so so they've and what seen we're, what, what will their support do for you more resources more dollars more shares that you can do this with or what what, what role will they be playing it will be more allies to the party bringing their own resolutions awesome they call co- companies to account on on different issues. We know we know we have a we have a conservative group on uh, that are friends of ours that are focused on energy environment. So I, I'm sure they'll be focused on public utilities like Duke Energy and you know other oil companies like Exxon and Conoco. And we we own Conoco. We had a resolution at Conoco. We have Exxon. We 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 withdrew our resolution on Exxon for various reasons, but, but that's a whole nother story we can talk about on a future podcast. Uh, but, but, you know, we, we know there will be friends of ours coming to the party and, you know, I was at most meetings, it was either us or us in NCPPR. And there was always five, six, seven, sometimes a dozen of leftist groups or leftist individuals presenting their resolutions, demanding, diversity on on this issue diversity on the board or diverse you know having uh, you know having be ha- reporting your net zero whatever you know it, it, every company had had the left bending their ear <laughs> on one issue or another so you know you know the old saying the squeakiest wheel gets the grease and that's what that's how we got. Well, it sounds like gone. you guys are trying to be troublemakers, is what it sounds like. <laughs> well, we're trying to counter. We're we're playing catch up. Exactly. Well, let me ask you. So, so, so with that being the case, um, the group has been around since 1991. A lot of people don't know what the NLPC does, where it is, who it is, and and what they do besides what we've just talked about. So, kind of explain that, Paul. What does the NLPC do? They're a watchdog group, but what what big stories or what big things over? Um, well, since 1991. Would we know about, or would let me put it this way: What things wouldn't we know about if the NLPC didn't exist? Uh, Maxine Waters giving money to her daughter from her campaign funds. Um, you're you're <laughs> you're going to really tax me here because I I'm, I don't go back that far with the organization. I only go back to around 2010 or so. 
uh, like I said, the BLM mansion stuff. Hunter Biden. That happened relatively recently. So let's walk through that process. So with that process there, it was the NLPC that did the research and dug in and find found the information and then contacted journalists or news outlets to say, hey, listen, we found some information you might might want to look at. Is that the process? That's that's how uh, my counterpart, Tom Anderson, operates. He 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 feels that's the most effective way to get the information out with established journalists. He works a lot with a couple different reporters that that are receptive to his information. If and and then it goes viral, you know the whole BLM mention thing. (laughs) You know the New York Post reported that originally, and then and it stood for a year. What's that? Well, it sat there and stewed for a year. It didn't do anything for almost a year. It took almost a year for that information that the NLPC broke, that Tom Anderson broke. That information took almost a year for real action to take place before she was really pulled out of that organization. So even when you reveal the truth, it takes time to get action to take place. So with that being one of the biggest issues, what are big things that you guys are looking for down the road that you're wanting to be a part of? You say you're looking more at doing these corporate uh, resolutions in your integrity project, what's the end goal of the, the integrity project? Is it to reveal and to make things more transparent that they don't want tra- transparent or is it to stop these actions of wokeism in these large corporations? Do you have an agenda or is it just to reveal what theirs is? Well, they, it all works towards that goal. And that goal is corporations should not be involved in politics. I mean, the goal of a purpose of a corporation is to bring value to shareholders and to and to deliver that in in the in the way you traditionally think of a corporation, uh, you know, serve your customers well, provide a great product or service, uh, you know, bring as many customers as you can into the fold to 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 grow revenues. Um, when you when a company weighs in on political issues, you're you're going to just naturally cut out let me play, let me play devil's of, advocate. of the a potential customer base well let me let me play devil's advocate for a moment so as a corporation comes in they they can have an interest in something that's happening because it could affect their corporation right whatever that is right um what limitations do you believe that their voice in airing their um, concerns about these issues that may affect their corporation, their employees, and so on. At what point do they have to stay silent politically? Well, I, you, as, you, as a corporation, not as people, as a corporation. You have to you have to address that as a, on a case by case basis. You can go look at the at the lobbying disclosure forms, the federal lobbying disclosure forms that they have to file with the Senate and the House, and every company is going to have. They have to disclose what what issues they're lobbying on and how much they're paying for it and so forth. Okay. So so a company like you know Boeing, for example, is uh, they're naturally going to be lobbying to to get friendlier uh, uh, treatment from the government with regard to getting contracts. Is there you know multi billion dollar company seeking uh, military contracts and so forth? Uh, you know, and probably regulatory favorability with regard to those things. So those kind of comp- those kinds of things you expect a company to be involved in and and because that helps maximize right. share benefit. Right. When we're talking about social issues, we're talking about uh, you know, policy issues that 
are disputed, like defund the police, uh, controversial things. You know, there are there are passions and things that are racially divisive. The recent Roe v. Wade uh, decision overturning Roe v. Wade, uh, that's going to be a split right down the middle for any potential customer base. Well, and you're seeing companies already make choices. They're saying Google, for example, says that um, their employees are going to be allowed to relocate to anywhere that abortions are legal if they so wish to do so. Right. And other companies are saying, we'll pay for you to go to a different state if you want to get right. an abortion, if it's illegal in your state. Some see, of I don't have a problem with that. Paul, I don't have a problem with that. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-life. Right. Yeah. But once once if everybody's abiding by the law and in California, they say it's it's legal to do it in California and people want to go there. Right. Um, that's the experiment that is America. I don't like it, but that is the experiment that is America. My problem with these corporations is when they move out of the realm of their shareholders and their employees and their board and they start imposing these things or these issues or this wokeism on their client base. What's your position on that? Well, I'm, I agree with you. Look, uh, erasing 50 years of Roe v. Wade was going to be messy. It's going not, to be messy. And it's not over yet. And they're saying, you know, now it goes to the states. That's what everybody we've been saying. It, it's going to be a decision by the state. So disentangling it at the state level is going to be messy. And there's going to be states that will keep abortion rights and, and other states that um, protect life. And so, you know, if we truly believe in freedom and liberty, uh, you know, this is the way it has to be. You know, it's wrong. But now it's more incumbent upon uh, pro-life activists in blue states to get active at the state level, run their candidates and make their make their case and and make it happen there. Uh, so you know, that's that's just the process. We can't you know, avoid the process where companies are involved. Uh, I would say that first of all, if you're, you know, there a number of companies have come out and said, we'll pay for you, you to go get your right, Tesla being one of them. A lot of it. Yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, Citigroup, uh, Amazon, a lot of companies have said that, which and means to me that they would rather you be at work than be pregnant. It's more yeah. cost effective for them to pay for that abortion yeah. than it is to pay for a pregnancy I've and the 12 that. to 15 weeks argument. somebody's gone yeah yeah you know go get your abortion now get back to work exactly um but what what i what for one thing uh you're creating a perception problem about your uh your perception problem about your um about your company you're saying right. you're telling your pro-life customers or clients or their potential ones we believe so much in abortion that we will go to this extent to uh, to send our employees to another state so they can get their abortion. So is that the message you want to be delivering to your potential customers or clients and shareholders that are right. might be that are pro-life? Also, well, again, let me jump in. Corporations don't jump into these conversations. Corporations don't. People do. Corporations are a stoic entity. They're, they're, it's a legal term. It's people to, that do this. To the degree, though, that you're a CEO and you weigh in and you say – and you're, you're identified with that company. Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying is that it takes what a person. Like James, James Quincy was saying, Coca-Cola – this is not 
you know, they they frame things. If they did, if they said I, James Quincy, as an individual, don't agree with this political decision, that's one thing. But they say these this goes against Coca-Cola's values. Right. Well, Coca-Cola doesn't have values. No. no so that's that's what we object to. So we we talked about our 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 end game or our goal. We believe pol- you know, companies should w- stay out of these kinds of things. You know, Michael Jordan famously said, everybody's probably heard this quote, Republicans buy sneakers too, yep. you know, when, when he was being pressured to, to, you know, support some kind of leftist cause or whatever, you know, and, and he had his big contract with Nike or has it. So, you know, we, we say, you know, uh, companies should to, to as much as possible, except where, you know, there's certain bottom line issues and, and it's every, every issue is going to be, you know, we know that companies don't just do this without thinking about it first for the most part. Right. But, uh, but you know, I would not argue that on, on the Georgia election integrity law, I don't think they, a lot of those companies thought that through in major league baseball, they right. looked stupid. Idiots. Because Georgia's election, Georgia's primary <laughs> election had greater turnout than ever. Well, and, and not only yeah. that, but but they went to Arizona. If I if I if I remember right, they went to Arizona, Colorado. Uh, Colorado, and Colorado's laws, election laws, are stricter than Georgia's laws. Right. So they went to a state that was even stricter than what they said that they were trying to get away from. So the right. idiocy of these people, you know, w- to your point, the left has infiltrated everywhere, and right. what we see in in America is the lack of leadership. And leadership is not just making decisions. It's making decisions based on common sense and not being railroaded by one side or the other. People who have common sense and leadership capabilities are able to look at the the horizon and say, you know, this is where we're headed. This is where we're going. And we're not going to get funneled down into this one little group of people. And that's all we pay attention to. But that's what's happened. These leftists show up at these meetings. They demand. And the leadership of these companies are afraid of uh, a lawsuit. They're afraid of a boycott. They're afraid of something happening on their property to make them look bad. So it's easy to easier to kowtow. Have I got it right? Is that basically what's happened over the last 40, 50 years? You basically nailed it. They're more afraid of the left than they are of the right. And so therefore they, that's who they react to. You know, in the old days when it used to be mainly the labor unions involved in this, they called them corporate campaigns and the, the unions knew where to apply the pressure to get, you know, to, to enough pain to get a CEO to do what they want them to do. But now it's more broadly distributed over the left. And like I said earlier, the conservatives have been on the sidelines for the most part. And and that's why we have the, what they call environmental and social government governance. Uh, rep, you know, uh, they have whole departments of these major corporations to address ESG, which is basically a synonym for wokeism. Well, I said at a Colts game, an Indianapolis Colts game one time, and I was a guest of a group and I'm sitting there and I'm sitting next to 13, 13 Facebook attorneys that don't actually work for Facebook. They work for the lobbying group that Facebook hires. 13 of them sitting there. And Mm -hmm. I said, did you guys all come? They go, no, no, no. We have about 200 people that that are in our office. So the lobbying group of just Facebook is that large. And that's just one office in D.C., just one place. And they have multiple places across the country and uh, groups that they work with across the country and the world. State capitals. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're... we're just trying to level the playing field a little bit. You know, it's, if I had to guess, it's, 
been 99 or 95 percent plus liberals showing up at annual shareholder meetings, applying the pressure and less than five percent conservatives. And it's probably even more worse than that. OK, and, so what uh, can I do? What can what can the average citizen do to help you in your cause? How can they help NLPC? How can they help you with your resolutions? Well, of course, you, you can donate uh, to our organization to help us get involved with more corporations because two dozen is is not a lot. But, you know, uh, it can it help expand uh, our our, you know, maybe we could hire an additional person because I was overwhelmed. Uh, <laughs> this spring. Uh, it was like so, you can imagine. I almost think they did this on purpose, like on uh, on uh, one day, Twitter, Facebook, and I think it was Amazon all scheduled their annual meetings at the same time. Oh, so wow. I couldn't be at three in three places at once. Fortunately, it was that's where it was a good thing. It was virtual. So I I could pre-record and they let you send in your your presentation. The thing with that was I didn't trust them. I wasn't wouldn't I didn't trust them to play right. my presentation because <laughs> it, it would slam them. But but they did. Um, so anyway, uh, so that's one thing that they that people can do. And where can they make this donation? What's the website? Uh, NLPC.org. Uh, they can buy stock and a uh, vote. And if they're, they have the resources, they can buy lots of stock and they can do their own shareholder resolutions because it re you only need $2,000. You have to have held it under the new rules. You have to have held it for three years, but, you know, get, start the clock running, buy $2,000 exactly. worth of stock in Coca-Cola right. or Disney or somebody and start the clock running. And, and in three years, you'll be able to get up before a shareholder meeting. If, if it meets the the SEC rules or if you you have lots of resources, you only have to wait a year if you buy twenty five thousand dollars worth of stock. I think. Oh, that's what we've got to do then. We need yeah. a bunch of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if you got twenty five K sitting around. Yeah, you can be an yeah. activist. That's the thing to do. There's a guy named Vivek Ramaswamy. Sorry if I didn't pronounce that correct, but he's written a book on on wokeism at the, in the corporations. He is starting a whole new, I believe it's a fund. He hasn't explained exactly what it is, but, you know, BlackRock, Fidelity, Vanguard, they have all these they have funds, you know, all over the place. And right. what happens is they control the voting shares in a lot of these companies. Right. They own a lot, a big percentage. So they have great influence on these companies. Well, that's, a big part of the problem because BlackRock votes left, Vanguard votes left, uh, State Street is the third biggest one. I think they vote they vote left. So, well, let me ask you this. So, so, so let's venture into an area. I'm, I'm going to jump in here and probably interrupt your thought process. But you just brought up two interesting companies, Vanguard and and, and BlackRock, um, that they had these controlling interests in these major corporations as COVID kicked off. I wouldn't say wondering. I wouldn't say controlling interests. They own. Large, well, you know, eight, seven, they, eight, they own a large enough group yeah. to be able to be influential in the decisions that are right. made in that company. I just wanted to make sure you, it wasn't right, not controlling interests, but yeah. they have major influence. Right. Um, and and they do that in all of these, all of the major sectors in, in the economy. Uh, and people were wondering, you know, on on one day, nobody was wearing masks, there weren't any, any of these mandates across the country, and then suddenly, boom, it happened overnight. And small stores. Family-owned stores, family-owned locations, they still chose what they were going to do, whether they were going to abide by the mandates and so on. But these major corporations overnight made the decision 
and instilled some of the strictest mandates in the country in these major corporations. Do you think that these entities like BlackRock and Vanguard played a role in that? in pushing their narrative of what they wanted to do next, because there's a, there's a lot of concern that these two companies in particular um, are part of this world economic forum issue. That is another whole bailiwick that people are, are concerned about right now. Well, well, they're part of it, but you know, the corporate world marched in lockstep on co- on COVID and, and it's not just BlackRock and, and Vanguard and those showing up at the world economic forum, Brian Moynihan, shows up every year from uh, Bank of America, chairman and CEO. Uh, uh, Salesforce, Mark Benioff is there. He's like, a, a you know, an acolyte of Klaus Schwab. And so many, you could go, you could go look on Flickr and find these CEOs at the World Economic Forum. They're all there. James Quincy at, at Coca-Cola. So they all show up. So to what degree- Does that concern you, Paul, that these entities that are at the top- now are talking to another group that want to take over the entire planet. I mean, yeah. is that so concerning? What, what degree, how conspiratorial it is. Obviously it is in some form. Exactly. How, how are we going to find out who knows, but you know, we see all the evidence and you know, to, to the degree that they're involved in China and they're reluctant to criticize China for the, for the, the release of the virus. And, and they, you know, especially companies like Disney and Coca-Cola and right. Apple want to stay ingratiated with the communists in China where they're engaging in genocide and they, and they took over Hong Kong and, and oppressed the Dep- Tibetans. Uh, you know, it's, it's deeply troubling. And uh, so again, we're showing the work that you guys are doing though, is bringing that to light. I mean, these issues, if there wasn't anybody doing what you're doing and wasn't going to these meetings and wasn't um, asking for the information and demanding transparency, um, it would have to be worse. I can't imagine that it would be any better. Yeah. I mean, we're just getting started is the way I look at it next year. We'll, we'll try to be a little more creative with our share or maybe we won't because we had such, we, we view as great success. Now, uh, I've had a couple of reporters of, of a liberal bent, you know, including USA Today say, well, are you successful? And, you know, if you just say, look purely at a resolution vote, no, we're not successful. Every resolution went down in flames. But that, <laughs> wasn't the, that wasn't the right. reason we were there. We were there to be a voice because the left, you know, 95 percent plus of their resolutions go down in flames, too. But that doesn't stop them from showing up. That right. doesn't stop them from showing up and talking to uh, investor relations uh, companies and bending their ear and demanding this, that and the other thing. That's where we haven't been. Uh, so I, basically, I've told these reporters, yeah, we're successful because we're showing up because otherwise these companies wouldn't have heard our voice this year. And right. by the way you're talking to me, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. The reporter, exactly. I, they wouldn't have been interested in talking to me, these reporters, if, if we hadn't shown up and started doing it. So you got to start somewhere. That's the way we look at it. And, uh, and we're, we're, we're excited about how this season went. And, you know, we had some minor uh, successes. Exxon, we sought, uh, uh, we asked them to, to disclose board diversity. Now we're looking for diversity of, you know, a conservative bent on their right. board. Uh, and they, they, we wanted them to show it on the proxy and whatever, and they did. It was kind of a low bar that they cleared, but we said, okay, uh, you know, we'll, we'll withdraw our resolution. We'll come back next year and talk to you about something else. 
Um, and we've got a long-term strategy there, but uh, and Coca-Cola, I wrote a, a, an opinion piece about one of their directors who was a refugee from Cuba. She left, she fled Cuba when Castro took over in 1960 as a, as a child. And she's wow. a director. She's a director at both uh, Coca-Cola. She's the lead independent director at Coca-Cola, and she's a top director at Disney. And they're d- both deeply involved in China. They're very dependent on. How could she reconcile that? Well, that's my, that was the point of my uh, my share or not my resolution part point of my op ed. So when I got to the Coca-Cola meeting, James Quincy, this is not what companies usually do, but the CEO respond uh, doesn't usually respond directly to your resolution. But James Quincy, to his credit, every resolution that got introduced, he would provide a commentary or response to it. So in response to mine, <laughs> I made all these points about you know what what he personally is doing wrong. So he, uh, when I, when I got done with my remarks, he said, "Well, I can see why you don't want me to be sharing." <laughs> but he also said, "Let me make a point about Mel Lago Messino, who I had written the op-ed about, and he defended her, and it was clearly a response to my op-ed." Right. Um, and so he's saying, "What?" Well, that you, then you know you're making an impact. Yeah. So that attention. demonstrated to us in, that they were making an impact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also the same thing happened with GM. Uh, you know, we brought a resolution for General Motors because they're going so heavily into electric production of electric yeah. vehicles, which require a, a whole ton of uh, rare earth metals and, and mining, which are problematic with regard to and things to we don't control. Third world countries right. where there's lots of slave labor and everything. So we right. said, we want you to disclose in your supply chain where you have child labor slave labor issues and there were three resolutions up at gm mary barrow the chair and ceo did not respond personally to the other two resolutions but she articulated her response to our resolution so we we knew we struck a chord with general motors that they're very sensitive about perception about where they're getting their resources so so the small victories but uh but we're we're and it and you know you learn as you go along and we we say okay well this we'll look back next year we'll look back and say okay well this is how gm responded here so maybe it'll give us an idea for what to do next and and build upon that and our allies will get involved and i'm sure we'll talk to them ahead of time and so we're looking forward to the future we think it it looks uh, very promising we're excited there that uh, there's a lot more interest in this well, well, thanks for joining us, Paul. Paul uh, Chesser is the Director of Corporate Integrity at the NLPC, the National Legal and Policy Center, a watchdog group in D.C. Again, Paul, where what one thing can listeners do today to help you and your organization? Uh, go to NLPC.org, donate. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through the website. We're open to ideas for shareholder resolutions. You know, we hear from from individuals, donors, supporters who are uh, who own shares in in different companies, and they they bring us ideas about you know what to address with a certain company. And they Stop. can gift you those. They can gift you those shares, and then you can go do the work for them. Correct. That, that's happened in a number of cases. Yeah, we had a lot of Apple shares, and uh, and so we, you know, we've had a lot of Apple given to us for whatever reason. That is awesome. But, that is so, awesome. Uh, you know. Yep. Just, you know, and strengthen us in whatever way, whether it's stock or, you know, join us in the fight. We're, 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 we're not, we don't want ownership. We need help. We need, we need allies. There you go. There you uh, go. We're behind the eight ball compared to what the left has accomplished. So. 
Well, thanks for joining us today. If you want more information, head over to the NLPC. It is nlpc.org. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. We'll see you again tomorrow. Get more at KramerSays.com. KramerSez.com.